I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. This old mariner, all by the grace of God. Oh, God took him off of an old boat years and years ago out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and uh, put me face to face with a book from the boat to the book. And then God took and showed me from this book. Amen. My need. I'm glad to know that I'm a child of the king. How about you? Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to be a Christian? You know, if you don't know that, you can have that peace in your heart if you'll trust Jesus Christ to be your savior. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, way back in the Old Testament, and then we'll jump over into the new and get into a subject I hope you will enjoy. I hope we're catching you just right. Hey, if you ever like to correspond with us, we're as close as that keyboard. It's just F-O-M-M, part of that www, that World Wide Web. F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International, right here in the port of Bon Secours, Alabama. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. We have Isaiah now prophesying of Israel's coming Messiah. And gives some descriptive words of this child. And let's see if we can read a few of these. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Notice what this son, as far as we think about descriptive names and titles, his name is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, did that happen when Jesus came the first time? No, we think about Israel took. As far as their Messiah is concerned, Yes, rejected him. Uh, as far as this one, the government should be upon his shoulder. Is is that ever going to happen? This is pro- oh yes, uh, this is the future. And as far as this one that that uh, came to be Israel's Messiah that was rejected, this one is to come. We think about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, since this time in the book of Isaiah, uh, my friend, if. It has been your desire to want to live for God. We think about this day and age we live in. We think about uh, the church age. Some call it the age of the Holy Spirit, you know. Thinking about this age, if there has been a time, my friend, where you've understood that you were a sinner and you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Yeah, you have even found him now. Even though this will be true in the future, you found him now. All the government upon his shoulder uh, your government, as far as your life is concerned, and you found him to be wonderful counselor of the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And I say amen to that. 
found him all of those things. But I don't have time to go into all of those, but except, oh, just one. Let's talk about the everlasting father. All right, what is this son described as being as? The everlasting father. By the way, showing us who Jesus was, amen, very deity. Are you listening, sir? Who was Jesus Christ? Very deity. He was God manifest in the flesh, the mighty God, but it's called the everlasting father. And let's see if we can get a few things about that that I I enjoy. And when I think about it, it, it just sort of excites me. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I want to read verse 18. As far as this everlasting father, what is his desire? This everlasting father. The writer writes to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. He tells these people, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. What? And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What? All right. Talking about they understood their condition. They understand the world. Uh, as far as sin is concerned and uh, the right attitude concerning sin, you said, what is the right attitude? It's the repentant attitude. Amen. And uh, he said, what I'll do, I'll receive you and I'll be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Glory to God. What do you see there, Brother Mon? I find he wants to be your father. I find there is a desire, the very, how do I put this? The very heart of God beats for children, you know. His desire is to have many children. The Lord is, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I tell you, basically, that broke my heart. As far as thinking about this heavenly father, and he does his work through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to know that there, there was a desire, I mean, on his end. I mean, he wanted me. I uh, was reading not too long ago and came across an illustration that really helped me to understand this. Do you know what an orphan's home is? Sometimes there's boys and girls that have neither father nor mother. Sometimes these have to be, or they're part of a government, or they're part of the state, or they're part of uh, whoever uh, is in uh, authority in these particular area where these boys and girls are taken care of, and they're put in homes. A lot of times these homes are called orphan homes. As far as these homes is concerned, it's the desire of these homes to not only take care of these children that do not have father and mother, but to try to place them into a good home, to try to find a mom and a dad. But the story went on and it sort of broke my heart as I began to read. It said most when they come to be interviewed, a parent, a mother and a father. Uh, parents, did you understand? A mother and a father. And they would take and uh, be interviewed and then they'd have opportunity to take and mingle among the boys and girls that's there. You know what usually happens? The ones that get picked are the best. The best as far as mental ability, the best as far as we think about uh, uh, their character, uh, as far as their looks are concerned, uh, 
the best gets picked. But you know, when Jesus looked down and offered love to this old sinner, you know, he, he just didn't he just didn't pick the best. He just didn't pick the good. He said, what did he do? He picked the bad and the ugly. I'm glad to know that Jesus uh, took and proved this, thinking about this everlasting father, that he desires to be an everlasting father because he showed unto me his love by willing to take this miserable sinner. Not someone that was moral and someone that tried to live this perfect life, but someone that was just a wicked sinner. I'm glad the orphan's home of this world that God looks down. And my friend, he even desires you, sir. How about it? Heavenly Father, to know that this heavenly Father wants what? It says, he'll be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. That he wants you, sir. He wants you, ma'am. He sent his son to die for you. The work of Christ provides a way whereby you can be part of his family, the very family of God, to know that God cares about me and that offers unto me his love. His love is perfect. His love is impartial. His love is unconditional. His love is forever. If you're going to describe God, what is it, First John chapter 4, on down to verse 7, 8, and 9, God is love. Do you know this everlasting father? What is he called? Isaiah chapter 9, the everlasting father. What about this father that's so different than any other? We think about any other person or any other God that's out there. Is this, this father desires to have children. The very heartbeat of God is for children to know that God is in heaven and there, through the work of his son, look down upon this earth. God desires to save men, women, boys, and girls. Always assured of his love. Always assured of his protection. Always assured of his provision. Always assured of his comfort. His actual call in Second Corinthians chapter 1, the God of all comfort. Why is this true? Because he's the everlasting father so i get everlasting love i get everlasting protection everlasting provision everlasting comfort i like this one i'm glad in knowing this everlasting god all that i have everlasting forgiveness in the book of first john first john chapter one all the way down to verse nine a statement made there it talks about fellowship with the father and his son and it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. This everlasting father is a God of forgiveness. Man is born a sinner. Oh, me and you know that, do we not, sir? Man practices it this daily. We wrong ourselves. We wrong others around us. We wrong God. One of the great evangelists of the past said something like this, sin is actually just a slap in the face of Jesus Christ. We think about doing the time of the crucifixion whereby they slapped him across the face many, many times. Sin today in the life of a believer is a slap in the very face of God. This everlasting father, but you know what? Because he's a God of love, he's a God of forgiveness. I'm sure... I have taken in the past 
and I'm not going back there, nor am I going to try to remember. I'm sure I took, as far as my earthly father is concerned, I'm sure I, I made him weep many a time. I'm sure he was disappointed. I'm sure I did some things maybe he never forgave me for. But all this everlasting father, there's everlasting forgiveness. First of all, eternal forgiveness. We think about when we come to God's son to be saved, I'm saved forever, been forgiven. But oh, if we confess our sins as far as our life here upon the face of this earth, as we live, my friend, we do things that's wrong. And I think he's honored when we come and confess this. And if you confess, he's faithful and just to forgive. Isn't that good? The everlasting father, why is he described as being everlasting? Because his forgiveness is everlasting. I'm glad I'm a child of the king. My father is rich, and houses and land he holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. What? Rubies and diamonds of silver and gold. Yes, his coffers are full, his riches untold. I'm a child of the king. And that happened because I trusted his son to be my savior the one who said i am the way the truth and the life the everlasting father everlasting my friend love everlasting protection provision comfort forgiveness daily presence i'm glad i know this everlasting father now what about you ah you can come to know him through the person of his son the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever really trusted Christ to be your Savior? Or you can believe in Jesus and still not be a Christian, but oh, if you trust him to be your Savior, trust what he did for you on Calvary. What did he do? He shed his blood to provide forgiveness of sins for you. I trusted that one day. And you know what? In a miraculous way, the Spirit of God put me into God's family. I now know this one that's called the Everlasting Father. And I highly recommend him to you. Until next week, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.